There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. The following is a presentation of the College Athletes Network. What's good, y'all? Welcome into episode 18 of the Gimme Timmy podcast. I'm your host, Drew Timmy, here with my co-host, Noah Buono. And man, we got an exciting show for y'all. But first, before we dive into all the details that Noah's going to describe to you, make sure you interact with the pod, listen on iHeartRadio, College Athletes Network, wherever you listen to your podcast, leave a star ride review, all that good stuff. Yes, sir. We are back for another week. Episode 18. Uh, I just got back from Spokane. Drew and I did a live show, which is primarily what today's episode is going to be, um, is from our time down at Northern Quest Casino in Spokane, where we recorded the live show. Um, first time we ever recorded a live podcast in person. First time we ever recorded a podcast in front of an audience. So couple groundbreaking things for the gimme timmy crew it was fun it was great we're gonna get into that a little bit later on just what that show uh consisted of in there um and that'll be coming up right after our first commercial break but before we do all that more prominent things that we need to touch on the bracket just came out selection sunday was today you guys will hear this tomorrow and throughout the week but gonzaga is a three seed so we're gonna dive into a little bit of march madness stuff you know headed into week one of it drew let's do it baby what what are we feeling with this three seed it was kind of expected thoughts complaints concerns talk to us super excited about uh going to denver uh was really not trying to go to uh albany new york never been there don't really plan on it (laughs) but uh no denver's a good location i mean like flying home from texas and stuff like i fly through denver a lot it's like a huge like airport for like I think up here, like for a connection place. So it'll be good for a lot of Zag fans to get there. It's pretty close. Like I'm excited about that. And then obviously we got matched up with Grand Canyon and uh, they got hot at the right time. They're clicking. They won uh, four or five games in a row to win their conference tournament and make it. And uh, they've shown that when their backs are against the wall, they're they're a tough punch to knock out. So we're going to have our hands full for sure. Yeah. Um, 
but some you said to me you like you like this region though this west region that you guys got placed in outside of the you know not having to go to albany new york uh you like the region that's more important right like you're you like this west region versus um what would what would the other region be the east what's that albany region the midwest yeah no i think i think like there's some good teams in there but i think we have some some better matchups like just scattered throughout this region compared to others so i just think on the whole like if if we can take care of business and lock in i think it's a pretty good region for us yeah it's cool too and obviously what everybody's talking about is that um st mary's is on same side of the bracket you could see them in the elite eight you could also see ucla uh as well in the elite eight so or maybe around earlier with ucla i'm not sure i think ucla could be the sweet 16 game anyway a couple cool matchups that could you could end up playing st mary's for a third time the one seed in that region is kansas um who obviously has been seen to be beatable by some teams even though they are you know super strong uh, in a lot of other areas, but just your kind of vision on, obviously you want to win this title, but like who in that little region do you see getting in the way of a final four appearance? You know, multiple teams, one, two, three, who, who's like the biggest name on there in your opinion? I ain't going to lie. Like TCU's a, a tough matchup. They have, they play really fast and they got a lot of aggressive scores and guys that can fill it up. Like I think that could be trouble early if we make it that far and everything and yeah they're deep they they i think their same team made it last like was the team that made the run last year like they're a well-coached team as well and so that's going to be a a big matchup if it happens yeah tcu's got the winner of i think arizona state and nevada yep good call um so then they obviously got to win that game yeah it could be a tougher round two game for you guys assuming you beat grand canyon um, that three seed to 14 seed upset doesn't happen as often as like the five. Uh, we're not throwing that bullshit in the air. We're not even talking about that. <laughs> none of this. Oh like, yeah. I don't even think it's none in of the I don't seeding even matchup. None of this, <laughs> no, no jinxing, nothing like we're not doing that. All right. All right. I knocked on wood already. <laughs> um, who do you think got snubbed of the field? You're speaking in more broader terms than Gonzaga. Who do you think got snubbed? I thought Rutgers was really good. I didn't watch them as much, but one team I really thought was Oklahoma State. I thought they had some guys hurt and they were still really competitive and uh I thought they I thought they were going to make it in for sure. Yeah. I I agree with the Rutgers one too. I thought they had a chance. Um people were really mad about Clemson not making it. But they had like what three or four like quad 3 they lost to like South Carolina, Loyola, Chicago, who was like the worst team in the A10 this year, uh, and they had another bad quad three loss. But people were mad about that. People were mad about Vanderbilt not getting in, um, and Providence getting in over them. So I think some of that's interesting. Uh, I'm bummed for my Jersey boys that Rutgers didn't get in. It's I thought they were a surefire to be honest. I really did. I'm I'm pretty pretty bummed about that. Like two matchups that I'm really going to be watching for is that Oral Roberts game. They they are disgusting. Oh, yeah. And then Who they, obviously they're the Max 12 seed, Ace, right? Yeah, or 13 maybe. Yeah, I they think got they, 12. They got Duke. Yeah, they got five. Duke. That'll be a Duke's clicking in there. Oral Roberts is a lost one. It's gonna be a good one. Then also, uh, I think Kent State, Indiana. Kent State is a good freaking team, dude. They uh, they gave us a fit at our place. Like it's gonna be hard to put them away. They're a really good yeah. team. 
There's one side of the bracket that I really like. It's it's Purdue. It's the East region. Um, I think and I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna make my bold prediction now. But I think Memphis. They're they're an eight seed. At Florida Atlantic's good. That's the nine seed that they play. But I think they're gonna beat them, and then they're gonna beat Purdue in the round of 32. I think Purdue is just beatable. I think just like as the season has progressed, some some of those guys are not playing as consistently as as they were in the beginning of the year. I just think that they're I don't know. I might just have a weird bias towards Purdue like in the tournament. <laughs> like they just don't feel like the guys that are going to get it done. So, and I like Memphis. They're dogs and they're point guard. Memphis is, a, is Memphis is a good team. I haven't seen Purdue play in a while, but I mean they did just win the Big 10, so like Did you watch the end of the game though? Did you see any of the I ending? saw the bro sold that uh yeah, like that free throw? No, nah, well I didn't see the free throw, but I saw the shot. Like he like pump fake, then took two oh, steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you gotta get a shot up on rim, bro. <laughs> and they were only down two. I yeah, that's what I mean. Like they got legitimately bailed out because Penn State couldn't get a shot up at the end. But like I don't know. If they get a good cleaner look or they try to get a two point basket there and they maybe force overtime. Like I don't know. That's what I mean. I think Purdue is beatable. They had a rough kind of end of the year and that side of the bracket like i don't know so i memphis is one of my teams i think that they got some some runway houston's a little concerning if marcus sasser is out um, yeah man hopefully my boy gets healed up quick man hope he has yeah. a good march i know that's a bummer alabama obviously a threat kansas a threat um it's juicy of the other three regions that you're not in what's the one region you're like wow i'm glad that like that's not our path to the final four. Yeah. Looking at other regions that could be hard. I, I think the South region looks pretty hard. They have Alabama and then they play Maryland, West Virginia. Then you got Virginia, Baylor, Creighton, Arizona. Arizona. And I yeah. think Utah state's a pretty good team like that. That region looks really hard as well. My God. Yeah. I just feel like that's, uh, I ain't going to lie, bro. I think this is a pretty balanced, like balanced bracket. I feel like, there's not like one region that's like any harder or any worse than the other. Like the Midwest is hard. Yeah. Our region's hard and the East is hard as like it's it's a crazy like I think that just speaks to how wide open college basketball is this year. Like I'm yeah. not I'm not looking at any region and being like, This team's about to make it out. No question. Like I don't really see a team that's I'm like, they are a hundred percent, you know, making it. It's crazy this year. Yeah. Who do you think the best two seed is? Like when I look at it, I I just look at this East region as like I don't know. It just feels like this East region with like nothing against Marquette either. They're great, and I have, honestly, they probably will be the two seed that makes a, a run just because they just have been so solid all year. But I feel like outside of them, and then Kansas State, it, yeah, I mean it it is tough. I don't know. Texas as a two seed is solid. They probably could have been a one seed, but that South region just feels like an absolute monster with Baylor yeah. and Virginia as the three and the four, and then Creighton, the six, who's the five seed in this San Diego San state. Diego state. Yeah. It's tough. Tough. I like it. I like the West region for you guys. Probably the, probably the best, probably the East or West would have been, I don't know. I don't think you guys could have landed in the East, but um, you've never been in the tournament as a three seed either. Yeah. I think I've been a one seed every time. Because you didn't get a tournament your freshman year, which is crazy. There's no Drew Timmy highlights of your freshman year at college in March Madness. That's weird. You were yeah. robbed. But nah, it's it's kind of nice, honestly. Uh, when you're a one seed, it's it's hard. I mean, everybody wants you to lose. That's not your fan, you know? They're not a fan of your school. And also just all the media and everyone just like, 
there's so much pressure on you to win and make a run that like if you're not a really connected team and you know you're not really locked in and you guys are tight it's it's easy to let people slip through the cracks and let that pressure kind of wound up and break you like it's hard to it's hard because it's a, such a covered event and there's so many people betting and investing and all, so many eyes are on you like you gotta be you gotta be a great team with a great leader to be a, a successful one seed yeah it, it just will be interesting for you guys as the three seed new territory i'm reading some uh bracket performance history statistics and 11 percent of three seeds reach the final four i just think that the Differences in like, okay, you win the first round, you're not going to play the eight or nine seed. Like, you're going to have different seeding that comes at you, which re- early on, you and you already said it, like if you end up playing TCU, could be a tough game. Or if you play Arizona State, could be a tough game, like right right away in the second round. So, um, but I don't know, man. It, the, the strength of schedule you guys have had all year really seemed to be clicking at the right time. And I remember, dude, it's what? We skipped last week's podcast, so this is technically – episode 18 but week 19 of the show back in like week two you just kept emphasizing like yeah you know we're just not where we want to be yet but we'll get there like we have time like we're gonna keep building to that point it's been really fun to just watch how you guys have been able to progress and ultimately you know it showed in the that dominant wcc championship game and all that but it's been cool to see that this progression over the last 20 weeks yeah, no, I think I'm, I've been saying that since episode one is like we have guys that like have to learn how to grow into their role and like grow confidence. And that just doesn't happen overnight. And when you have a such a rigorous non-conference like we've had, like I think that's the hardest non-conference schedule I've had in my career here, which is saying a lot. because we always have really hard ones like this one was a beast. And I think the way we were able just to kind of handle the losses, I think that's the, the biggest thing that can also separate teams that may, are able to make a deep run is teams that can handle the bad and handle the good because there's always going to be a game plan that doesn't work. There's always going to be people that aren't shooting well, but it's like how bad, how good can you manage when the bad comes? And then how can you maintain the good for as long as possible? Cause it's a game of runs obviously. And that 21 team that we had that went to the championship game, that team, we were really good if like if we were off like we could rely on our defense you know to get stops it wasn't our offenses make or break now we had a really good offense but like it just certain things are like or we always had like we had like if Corey was off I was on if I was off Corey was on Jalen Joel you know all these guys were like you have to like have multiple options because there's gonna be nights when your plan A and plan B gets shut down can you rely on plan C or plan yeah. D well I think that that's been the testament to some of the guys on this year's team like Julian and Anton over the last couple of weeks have really solidified not that they weren't already two and three or three what however you want to place them because they are probably the next two guys up in terms of just production wise and needing their consistency and I think they've done a really good job from my lens of just like fulfilling those shoes like they've been filling the stat sheet with points rebounds obviously Ton does his thing on the defensive end um and I just think that that's been something that was needed early on that wasn't there. You didn't know necessarily who the second option was going to be or where that second scoring punch was going to come from. But, yeah, I mean, every one of those guys, and there's guys I didn't, we didn't even name, the whole team has just felt like they've found the groove. So, um, yeah, man, last March Madness for Drew Timmy, for the boy. That's fire. It's going to be juiced up. Is the stash coming back? It might have to make an appearance. I was thinking about it. You know, it's kind of my thing. So I figured, like, why not? 
So we'll see. I might. I might not. Who knows? T- TBD. I'm a Drew knows where I stand. I'm an advocate for the stash. Going out, going out there with that grimy fucking look. <laughs> <laughs> saucing dudes. Um, all right. Well, that's enough of the March Madness preview. We did do the live show uh, this past Thursday. Uh, super fun. Really good experience for Drew and I. Um, we had a really good group of people there you know, to do the show in front of. Um, some of the things we touched on just along the way, obviously it's a little bit of a week, a week old now, but we did talk about, you know, the big WCC conference tournament win. We talked a little bit about Drew being named co-player of the year and, and Ton getting snubbed in the WCC format. Uh, what else did we throw in there, Drew? Some, something about performance anxiety. That was interesting. To, how to deal with performance mentally, mental preparation, what it takes, you know, a lot of, yeah. a lot of good nuggets in there, especially for, a. Uh, some young listeners that really want to take this thing seriously for any sport for that fact, it's, yeah. it all works the same just because everything, every sport is just so mental at the end of the day. Yeah. I gave Drew a little runway and he just kind of ran with it about, you know, his process for performing at Gonzaga and you know how it works for him. We did a little, there was something else we threw in there along the way. I don't know. We had a, we had a variety of just good topics. Some of them just came organically um some were planned oh we hit on a little bit of des bryant throwing up that x and just how he's been a fanboy anybody listening man let's just spam des bryant until we can get him on the podcast because that'll be dope um drew will probably turn back into a 12 year old if he sees him on the call with us no question (laughs) (laughs) love that uh and then at the end of the show um after our second commercial break we did a little live q a which was fun uh, people in the audience got to grab a microphone and ask Drew uh, just some up-close personal questions. Drew provided some just insightful, good, juicy Drew Timmy answers. Oh, and we did touch on a little bit of that CBS article, some of Drew's nasty little locker issues <laughs> and his big, fat, smelly feet. <laughs> um all right. Well, that's all coming up. Hope you guys enjoy the live show. We had a great time doing it. Uh, not sure when you will hear from us again for episode 19. Should be sometime after round one, but we'll keep you posted. Um, live show coming up right when we come back from this quick break. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. 
What's good, everybody? How are we doing tonight? <laughs> Man, we really appreciate, we appreciate y'all for coming out. It's excited to be live from Epic at Northern Quest. It's great. Uh, Especially for, have, for having us host our 18th episode, man. It's, it's, it's really special. We're really excited to get this thing underway. Yeah, appreciate everybody coming out, man. Northern Quest. Give it up for them for having us. We appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all. Um, it's actually funny. Me and Drew have never done a live podcast, let alone like sit next to each other and do a show in person. So it's cool to be able to do that on top of do the show in front of you know people who care. How many people in here have actually listened to the podcast? Show of hands. Anybody? Nobody's ever listened to it. I like that. We got one. We got our guy Jake over there. Let's <laughs> do it. That's cool. That's fine. Have you guys never heard of it? Like, what is the? Or are you just just not pod, just not podcast people? Which which of the two? Haven't heard of it. Oh. Oh, on the broadcast, right? Shout out Jay Billis, man. And shout out Jay. And Sean <laughs> Farnham gave us a nice plug the other night, too. Man, I'm, you know, I'm sad that you guys have never heard, heard the show, but whatever. Now you know about it, so yeah. that's, a good, that's a good thing, right? <laughs> um, all right, so we're a we're, little list of topics that we're going to hit on. Drew playing in the WCC tournament, them obviously winning it. Uh, we'll touch on some of the all-conference team stuff that, you know, Drew um, or the WCC committee selected. Drew was obviously named co-player of the year, which is, if I might say, slightly insulting. Uh, we'll get his, <laughs> we get his thoughts on that too. Um, and then we'll just shoot the shit the, nor the normal way. One thing I do want to address, as most of you said, you don't listen to the show. We do curse a little bit, but we're not going to curse tonight. I want to preface, we're going to have our best behavior, no curse words. Um, I had a nice chat with my mom before the show, so I'm, <laughs> I'm locked in. I don't want to get grounded, so... <laughs> It's pretty embarrassing that a grown man could still get grounded by his mom. But, okay, so let's start off. WCC tournament, you win two games in a row. Um, San Fran and then a big one against St. Mary's. Take us through it. What was it like just kind of demolishing St. Mary's? I mean, the Gales, right? Is that what they're called? I don't even the know Gales, what that is. Yeah. What the hell is a Gale? Well, first off, San Francisco is a tough matchup for us. They have three explosive, really good guards that can get – yeah, Khalil, he's really good. They're electric, and it's no lead is safe with them with the way they shoot. Obviously, we saw that with the Santa Clara game where he had almost 40, and they won in double overtime. So, uh, you know, just making sure we were locked in and not letting them get easy shots, even though they make difficult ones, was a huge key of emphasis for us. That was huge. And, you know, uh, we pulled it out, thank God. That one was a little close. And then um, – Obviously, St. Mary's, we know what that what that program means to Gonzaga and just all the great battles we've had and the rivalries losing to them earlier this year. There's no love lost between the two. And uh, it felt good to, uh, you know, ground them yeah, a good, little bit. <laughs> beat, night, beat the brakes off them. Uh, but I just thought that game, really, we just, we just wanted it more. I felt like we looked like the more aggressive team. We just – we were on the boards more. They weren't getting easy shots. I thought we made everything difficult for them. And, with, and when dealing with a team like that, like our press, they, they struggle with it. The best way to beat a press is to attack the press. You give up a couple baskets and coach right away is like, all right, we're out of the press. But they, they're really methodical. They like to set up their offense. So by us disrupting that flow and giving them less time to work with, I thought was vital to our team's success. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, what was, like, a big difference that rattled them that early? Because they sucked against the press 
at Gonzaga in the conference championship game or the regular season title game. But I was like, what from home? And it's like, I mean, right away, it was immediately not a game. Like they were rattled and they quite frankly sucked the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will say the first three minutes I was sweating a little bit. It was a zero zero for a while. And I was like, oh, crap. This is the game St. Mary's loves <laughs> where they slow the <laughs> tempo down and we don't get to run out as much. And, you know, I think. I think Nolan hit the first three, and it was like, all right, the lid's off the basket. We're here. We're good. And that kind of just energized our team. And from there, we didn't look back. I mean, we just beat them to every loose ball. I think I don't think they shot any open shots. We kept them off the offensive glass. They're a great offensive rebounding team. And, you know, uh, I, just think we, I just think we wanted it more. I mean, I think you could see the passion from every single player and coach when they'd show the bench. Our fans are great. I mean, that place, it felt like a home game for us. Like, it's special just how well we travel, and I think we really fed off that. It's also funny. You guys were up 37 points at one point, which is like – I think they said it was a, uh, the most you guys have ever led in a conference championship game. Another good nugget for people that don't know, um, Mark Few, been the coach there for 25 years. In 25 years, he's won 20 of those conference championships. So – I mean, that's insane. They've won four in a row. Drew's been a part of all four of those, as most of you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they've also won 10 of the last 11. Like, I mean, just dominance all the way around. And obviously, it's been great to watch. I'll go ahead and coin him the best player in Gonzaga basketball history. It's up for debate for some people, but that leads us into our next topic. He broke the all-time scoring record. And obviously, Drew, like, just your thoughts. You know. <laughs> Uh, your thoughts on that, man? Like, just breaking a record and, you know, be, I know you're going to say you don't care. It's not a big deal, but give it to us straight, man. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Going into that game, I knew I was going to break it. It was five points. I don't, think I've, I don't think I've ever not scored five points in my career, <laughs> maybe freshman year. But uh, it's just kind of crazy to think about just with all the players that have gone through this program and all the studs and just how the success of everyone and it's – it's something that I never thought was even possible for me coming coming to this place as a freshman. I just thought I was going to be like another solid big and just kind of, you know, play my role. And it kind of just exploded uh, my freshman year against St. Mary's in the championship game when Dickie V was doing all the diaper dandy stuff. And he was <laughs> – I was basically his, like, stepson, I guess, because he kind <laughs> of adopted me informally. But, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, just – all that and and man, the crazy part is Frank scored a lot of buckets. <laughs> yeah, right. Twenty one hundred points is not like just some walk in the park. I mean, but what are you at twenty two? I think you're at twenty two ten or something like that. So something crazy. But can I the mean, record be broken? You think? I mean, records are meant to be broken, but you think somebody breaks it? Well, I mean, with the way college the, the college landscape has changed with NIL and the portal and everyone wanting to be one and done or two and done, I think. It'll obviously be harder for it to get done. I think it's going to take another player like me who stays four years and has kind of been a focal point for at least three. So, obviously, like, I hope someone breaks it. That means the program's still doing good and we're still competing at a high level. But, I don't know, maybe it'll stay for at least another couple years. What you're saying, though, is that you're, you're a loyal man. You're a loyal man. There's not a lot of people in college basketball that are loyal now. Yeah, so Timmy, a loyal guy. <laughs> I can't switch up on the Zags, man. It's my second home. I love it here. Nah, it's, an, it's a super cool moment for you. I know, like, when people asked, about you, asked you about it in the media, it was like a, you know, 
what do you think? What do you think? And you were very reluctant to give a response because you guys just won a championship. But I think two things that are really cool about Drew's career is, like, obviously it's only college, but when you look at, like, NBA greats, like, and I'll use Kobe Bryant as an example, like, played with the Lakers, one organization for his whole time, and did everything with them. Like, for Drew's sake, like, one, one four-year run all with the same program and then was able to, like, you saw the progression. If obviously, how many of you are, like, avid Gonzaga basketball fan watchers? Yeah. Good. We love that. Yeah. We love that. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are looking at somebody who's now at the, like, you know, you could call it the peak of his powers as someone like four years later, what that progression does. And so it's cool to see someone like still be, depending on how much you pay attention to the transfer portal and things of that nature and like people bouncing around. It's cool to see a guy just stay committed for four years with one program, you know? So props to you. It is cool. Um, it's not like it's going to be I, – I would assume from here on out you see less of it. Hopefully Gonzaga's the type – Gonzaga feels like the type of program to me, and you can expand on this, that um, can kind of keep guys in for four years regardless of the transfer portal stuff just because of the culture that's ingrained there. Um, yeah, well, I mean, the thing that really drove me to come here was just the community and the family aspect. I mean – it's great, like, getting recognized and, like, interacting with the fans. But I love when I'm able just to kind of go out and just, like, everyone just treats me like a regular person. Like, I think that's something that I took for granted uh, early in my career. And now it's, like, I don't think sometimes I realize, like, how well-known I am. And, like, just so many people up here are just so nice, but they're also so respectful. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we see, like, obviously on Twitter, like, fans interacting in bad ways with players or athletes <laughs> and people, you know, like – kind of like losing their stuff like in their personal space and I just think like it's just such like a I'm just like a regular person here and I'm I'm so grateful for that I'm just so grateful for the community and like there's not been one time I really thought about le I ever thought about leaving for another school like this coach the program the history like I'm just a zag through and through I can't see myself ever <laughs> in another college uniform ever like that's yeah. just foul to me I feel like <laughs> I just want to be right if any of you saw that edit of Drew with the Kentucky uniform on he looked gross in it it didn't look right yeah. it gross in it. He's like, what was, are you doing in those threads guy? I was not a fan of that <laughs> yeah, it was crazy so that's was, why we had to beat him by like 20 or whatever we did <laughs> over at the arena um, so obviously the news is you know heading into that conference tournament Drew was named, well, the WCC, West Coast Conference, they came out with their all-conference selections, and they have this weird format of, like, ten first-teamers, five second-teamers, and then honorable mentions. And then they gave the Player of the Year award, and I'm sure all of you are aware Drew was the co-player of the year. So I want to just – I want your – I know we said we're going to be censored tonight, but I want a version of your uncensored <laughs> thoughts on how absolutely ridiculous that was. Ridiculous. Co-player of the year? You don't get – I just feel like it doesn't get more disrespectful than that to a guy of your stature. I, I'm just, that's just my biased take, but go ahead. Yeah, well, uh, I didn't realize it at first because the first time I saw it was on the Zags uh, Instagram. It said player of the year. I was like, oh, bet, like player of the year. And then I go on Twitter and I see like two player of the years. And I'm like, huh? I'm just like, what? I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know you could have multiple player of the years. <laughs> I was like – all right, something must be wrong. Maybe, I, I don't know, maybe I didn't get it or something. Who knows? And then I saw that it was a co-player of the year thing. And I was like, huh, how can I be on, like, a first-team All-American, on the wooden list and all this? The only one in the, in the, besides Julian for the Julius Irving, 
how can I be the only player in the conference on all those lists and then share the award, you know? So I thought that was a little weird. But then I was thinking, you know, he, he's not to take anything away from uh, Podzinski. He's a hell of a player, great player, obviously. But, uh, I mean, obviously we had a better season. We won games in our conference tournament. I feel like that bodes a lot as well. But then I was looking at the first team list, and I was like, well, who, what – what 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 one first team has ten players on it? It's five <laughs> players to a first team. <laughs> that was confusing to me. And then format's stupid. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's pretty bad. Terrible. A format. ten man first team, then a second team, then an honorable mention team. Which, Beyond me. Which and then go ahead. Sorry, I'm just Anton Watson did was, not I was bring up. get like, on the first team. There is ten people on that list, and he was not one of the ten. I couldn't name – I could maybe name one one player better than him, maybe. And you could say Podzinski, maybe. In the, in the whole conference. Yeah, in the conference. I agree. I'm sure everybody here agrees, too. He's a very <laughs> impactful player. I think, I think we only had two players. It was Julian and I, I think. Yeah, you guys were first team, and St. Mary's had St. three St. Mary's people. had three. They gave the one seed the nod, but it's, like, stupid because they were the one seed based on net rankings, not based on their record. Well, I think we showed who the real one seed was. Yeah, I mean. I think. 40-point, 30 ended up being 26-point blowout, but it was a, it was a demolishing. They had zero, zero chance to win. I just think it's weird because – you get 10 on the first team, five on the second team, and he, Anton still didn't make the second team. Like, they, they kind of gave it to, like, the best player on each of the bad teams, I guess. Like, their best player on San Diego got it. The best player on, I think, Pacific got it. Portland got it. It's like, cool, credit to those guys. But, like, Anton Watson is just – the more and more you watch Gonzaga basketball, you're like, yeah, you know, they're probably not – what are you, 28 and 5 without him? Probably not. No, no chance. Probably I mean, lose. he guards. He guards the other team's best player, whether he's a guard or a big man. I don't know. I, don't, I there's probably like maybe like five dudes in the country that can legitimately do that, like in a night in and night out basis, no matter the matchup. And he he does it every night for us. Yeah, I know. I gave that that example earlier about you know you being loyal to a program. There's another like you winning co-player of the year also kind of feels like a. You know, they don't hand out a co-finals MVP. Like, there's not a – like, <laughs> LeBron didn't win, lose the title. The year 2015 when they said LeBron and they lost should have won the finals MVP, like, they gave it to Andre Iguodala. Like, they didn't just, like, hand out a co-finals MVP. That's not a thing. You just don't do that. Like, you, got, you were on the winning team. You won the whole – share of the first, first place in the regular season, won the whole tournament, and your co-player, they, they got bounced in the quarterfinals. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. I, I don't know. I just think it's like. It seemed a little too, like, YMCA-esque to me. Like, <laughs> yeah, like we'll just, here's, a, here's a participation <laughs> medal. Like, like we'll just throw his name on it, too. Man. Good we're job. Not, we're not little kids anymore. We're grown men, you know. Yeah. So Participation medals now are a big topic. Like, you just everybody gets a trophy. <laughs> yeah. It's a subject for another day. Um, something that's been happening in the last couple of Gonzaga games. I'm not sure who floats online during Gonzaga games, but. Everybody familiar with Des Bryant, the wide receiver for the Cowboys? Big Cowboy fan, Drew Timmy. But Des Bryant's been, like, tweeting about Drew Timmy, just saying, Drew Timmy, LFG, which is, let's fucking go. Sorry, I told you we wouldn't curse. Um, but it's just been this, like, ongoing thing with Drew and Des Bryant. So our new thing is, like, we're going to try to get him on the podcast. But 
What's your take on it? Because you, what'd you do? You threw up the X. I did throw up the X up after the X. I got an and one in the second half against St. Mary's. Yeah. But uh, was that planned? Yeah, it was yeah. planned. It was like I, I was like, if I do something cool, I'm throwing up the X <laughs> so he can see it. Because yeah, <laughs> I like that he's been tweeting at me. But uh, the inner kid in me was just like losing it. I mean, I'm the ultimate Cowboys fan. I'm the typical like we're winning the Super Bowl every year, oh and God. I'm gonna ride that ship until the end. Cowboy fans. Wow. Oh yeah. Wow. How about them cow- cowboy? Yeah. Fan. Another one. We got a couple, couple cowboy it. fans. Damn. See, oh. you haven't listened to the podcast yet, but we have had multiple segments on the show about the highs and the lows of the Cowboys and his obsession with them, and me being a dickhead and you know <laughs> not letting him just, I guess, enjoy the Cowboys not being good. I mean, what do you enjoy as a Cowboys fan? I don't. I don't know. I, <laughs> anyway. Um, there was a cool little CBS article that came about came out on Drew a couple of days ago. Anybody in here read that? No, no, no takers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it it like touched on like the in depth like nuggets about Drew. Like I th- my takeaway that I wanted to bring up to Drew and to you guys um, is that he has like this massively dirty locker. Um, great guy. No, not no. But, oh, so, okay, he's, you say otherwise. That's fine. I, I'm here to address it. What is the, What is it? What is it really? They're saying like the article said that he had like plaques, on like like plaques buried under socks, shirts, shoes, and I'm like, all right, reading this wild exaggeration. Do I partly believe it though? Yeah, but what what is the truth right, behind I it? I need to I need to clean the air on this because yes, I have a lot of stuff in my locker. I have a <laughs> lot of stuff, and I do have trophies in my. I, I've got a lot of trophies over my career, like. <laughs> Some of them are, like, just scattered throughout my locker under clothes and stuff, but... What a sign of appreciation for them. Just bury, bury them. Well, like, I, I, I don't want to lose them, so I'm like... Well, oh, so bury them in the locker, yeah. Well, they're in my locker, right? <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. But I do... Okay, I've, and I've been here a while, so I have a lot of gear and shoes, right? Like, it's just... Nike Elite School, they're going to bless you. So, uh, <laughs> you know, my, I've, I call them organized piles, Right? So, like, to my right, I'll have, like, some shoes. To my left, I'll have maybe my shorts and some shirts that I wear. Then, like, scattered within my locker, I'll have, like, some more shoes that I wear and stuff. But they're all clean. They're not dirty. Well, that's good. And I'm in my confined – they're in, within my confined space in the locker room. So everyone makes a big deal about me being messy, but I keep it within my, the parameter of my locker. Well, they're clean. They don't smell bad. Okay. And my thing is – it's not bothering anybody but me, right? Okay, but well that's the one thing the article said is that your locker is crammed between two walk-ons. So do you, your shit just piles on top of theirs because they're less important? What, what is it? That's a crazy as statement. A, as a former walk-on, I, I would be like, yo, Drew, like, cool, you're Drew Timmy, but get your shit away from my like, move. <laughs> like, I, you know. So the one to my left, he has his own little pile too, and our piles are like the Grand Canyon. <laughs> they just meet, but they don't intersect. They're just like perfectly in bounds with each other. These are convenient rationales. I love it. And then it. the one to my right, he, he's really clean and, and neat. So, like, I just make sure I'm not in his space, you know. I'm, I stay within my parameters. So, I feel like it's, it's just for me to do that. But okay. Well, who, who's – wait, did you address who was on the right, the other side of you? Yeah, Abe. It's Abe, Abe and then Colby. Colby. Okay. Well, I feel we can bad. ask them. We can have them on the pod and, and feel, ask them. I feel bad for those guys. <laughs> I already know how probably brutal it is being – because – I don't want to roast you too much, but your feet probably stink when you take your shoes off. Those things are probably boofing. Just saying. That's a, 
All right. Just saying. I'm, I'm a clean person, but... No, you're a clean guy, but, like, there's just no way that's... <laughs> the article kept talking about Drew Timmy's size 18 shoe, like these big shoes. Like, I do it, have some big feet. I ain't going to lie. I don't like it. <laughs> I, don't so, like I, I hate it. Where I cannot find shoe? shoes. Where do you buy your shoes at? I can't. I go on eBay and get, like, like resell, resells or whatever it's called. Resells. Something funny that made me think of this, that you just saying that. Is um we've had moments on the sh- on the podcast where Drew has like tried to say a word, and he like just says like the wrong version of the word. What was the other, do you remember the other day? It was um. Damn it! I wish I remembered this. I should have wrote it. Well, down. your last name for starters, I can still not pronounce. Yeah, but you're one of every person I meet that isn't in my family. You just can't sound. It's not even a sound it out. It's like if I gave you the, what do they call that in the in the dictionary? The what? Yeah, yeah. So, like, my last name is Bono. It's spelled B-U-O-N-O. People say Buono, Bono, Sonny Bono. Like, you, like it's just nothing but the right one. So I always say, okay, B-A-W-N-O. What would you say if I, if I spelled it out for you? Right, that was pretty good. The group was pretty good. <laughs> Drew sucks at it. So does everybody else. But you all, like, yeah, Bono. It's like... I keep getting the, oh, it's too Italian. I don't, blah, 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 blah. It just, I didn't make the rule, man. I just was born. Here's your last name. That was it. <laughs> but no, the, I'm trying to remember. You said a word, um, and I really am bummed I can't remember it because what were we ta- you remember what we were talking about? No clue. Great. <laughs> Great I'm memory. a pretty forgetful person. <laughs> Great memory on the court, terrible memory off the court. Um, I, plays I can remember. Plays yeah. and coverages, but. You know what I think is interesting for, for everybody here, for you to talk about, it's just like, Preparation for you going into a game. I was actually talking to Drew about this when we were over in the back eating. I was like, when you go into a game, like, do you ever have performance anxiety? Like, does it ever come up? Is it something that's like, wow, I'm really nervous right now, and it affects your performance? And you just immediately was like, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, okay, well, how do you feel about performing in this type of setting? Like I said to you guys, we've never done this before. And um, he was just like, no. But I think something interesting to tell them is just like you on the court preparing for a game. What is it that makes you just have no performance anxiety? You're able to just go out there and perform at this ultra-high level. I think something people don't really understand from prof- – like obviously you're going to be a professional athlete. Professional athletes is like how they sustain the high level of performance. Like is it a mental thing? Is it just you're so prepared? What Like touch on that a little bit. No, nah, mentally I think the game is like 90 to 95% mental. If I'm not – I'm not the best athlete that ever walked this earth. Not the, <laughs> not the tallest, not the most athletic. You know, I, all these knots. But I just I, I play the mental game. I'm always talking to opponents. I'm always trying to cut corners, respectable corners cut, you know, like <laughs> finishing different ways, all these things. Like I just try to find different ways that I can get the advantage for areas where I don't have it in. We were talking about, like, being nervous for this. And I'm like, yeah, I've never done something like this before. I'm pretty freaking nervous. But I know, like, once I get in the flow of things and laugh a little bit and crack some jokes, like, we'll be fine once we get rolling. And that's that's why I always try to play the game with just so much joy and passion and energy because at the end of the day, I've worked my tail off to be in this position, to be the player I am. I can't tell you how many hours Coach and I have been at the gym and just – practices and shooting and everything like the issue is not the work the issue is not taking the game too serious and for me that's something that makes me feel comfortable 
if I can go out on the court and, you know, joke around and laugh and kind of be carefree, then that's when I'm at my best. And that's what helps me the most with my, you know, performance anxiety and being nervous. Like, that's the easiest way for me to just kind of say, like, screw it. It's just another basketball game. Don't you don't need to treat it more than what it is. It's a game. And that's that's kind of my approach to the game. That's why I'm always smiling and talking on the court and just some people say I'm a douchebag, but you know, <laughs> I'm just out there having fun and just enjoying the moment and trying not to take it too serious because the moment for me when I take stuff too serious, I get really tense. I start thinking too much. I get in my own head and all this and all that. And I think for me, just the best way to go about things is just to be relaxed and have fun and just act like you're hanging out with your homies playing a game, which is what we're doing at the end of the day. That's true with like 18,000 people watching you, but it's a yeah. great, great. I mean, yeah, it's a superpower to be able to do stuff like that. Um, there was something you just said that, oh, do you think that it's like that? Like a lot of like professional athletes, that's what I wanted to ask you, like also kind of have the similar like, yeah, it's just a game with my friends. Like the people around you just – they're not even there. That's, that's a super hard skill. <laughs> to that's how you feel. Like, that's like kind of how you feel when you're out there. Like yeah, no. Nah, really pay attention to the fact that there's, what's 18,000 times two, 36,000 eyeballs on you. Yeah, no. Nah, it's definitely something that took time for me. Uh, in high school, we were, we were a pretty good high school team, and that was when I started, fi- like, getting some publicity and, like, some – you know, some attention and student sections are really starting to go at me and everything. And um, it, it was hard at first, you know, to just take shit from everybody the whole game. And when you miss a layup, everyone's letting you have it. And when you airball, you're getting yelled, airball, airball. <laughs> like, that stuff's really hard. And I think just over time, I just kind of learned to, like, kind of tune it out. And I tell people no matter where I'm at, and no matter – like, no matter wh- how loud it is or how quiet it is, I can always hear my teammates, my coach, and my parents when I'm playing. And everyone else I can tune out. And, I mean, in Vegas, like, I remember my mom was – she wasn't even yelling, but to me it sounded like she was yelling. She's like, you better get in there and rebound. And I'm like – and I'm trying to run down the court and, and like, get on, back on defense. I just hear my mom yelling at me to crash the glass. Like, amidst all those people yelling and screaming, and it's just this – this thing that you kind of just pick up over time and you kind of understand how to do it, but yeah. it is something that's hard to do. It's, is, it's not something that came easy. It, <laughs> a lot of trial and error, you know, and ignoring people. I mean, it's hard when you're at an enemy place and you're at the free throw line and it's just you and everyone is just unloading at you and you just feel like everyone just hates you and you're the enemy and it's, uh, it's a hard skill, but it's, it's nice when you learn it, when you don't give people the satisfaction that you're in, that there in your head you know is um is your you're just like aware with your mom like you can you definitely can't hear her like you're reading her lips you have a good feel on like go get go get in there and get that rebound drew like, like no, is, is I, the yeah, lip I mean, reading like lip, can't hear her i know i'm telling well, you how close was she in vegas because we were far when she I was, she, the was kennel, behind, she was behind the bench behind the bench oh that's different but like the thing with her is like she'll she'll talk to me or like i can read her lips and my dad does like sign language to me yeah <laughs> and i'm just like all right dude like i don't understand this <laughs> he's like and i'm like what <laughs> but yeah. no nah, we have that nice dynamic and then obviously coach like every time he talks i'm just like like what <laughs> like, yeah, that's you and everybody else that's what i'm saying got to be locked in when the boss man's talking because yeah. i'm a little spacey so he always gets on me for that but yeah um I think a good suggestion that I could make for all of you is he mentioned Coach Few. We, we interviewed Coach Few on um, a 
episode 11. And if you want to hear Mark Few just like, you know, chill and like a bro, it's a great hour and 10 minutes. I mean, I I was nervous to do that episode because like he's just such a He's just a big figure. Like, I remember watching Gonzaga as a child, like, and he just was always at the forefront of it. And then just sitting there talking to him, I'm like, this guy's great. Like, and I, he just was fun. He was joking around with us. Like, he's got real strong opinions on <laughs> guys our age with, like, phones. And he was talking about <laughs> this Gonzaga team being super quiet because they all just stare at their phones. And I know Drew hates that, but, like, I have a little bit of an old soul, so I kind of, like, agree with it because it's, like, it plays a little bit of a part. Anyway, I think it would be cool for those, which is most of this room that haven't heard the podcast, start with that episode because Mark Few is, you know, he's the boss. And, I mean, I was a little nervous having him on the pod. I was like, oh, we're in the middle of the season. He, he doesn't like to do a bunch of media stuff, especially nowadays. I'm like, if this dude's being uptight and, like, pretty stoic, like, it's going to be a bad episode. And he just got that summer vibe. He was – he was one of our best guests. Like, he was just so energetic, engaging, yeah. and, like, you just – I'm pretty sure, like, a bunch of you have just seen Coach being coached, and you guys haven't really been able to see just how, like, full of life he can be and how, like, outgoing and extroverted he can be because he does get pretty introverted at times. And I think it's a great insight to him and just kind of get, – you get to know him better. He seems more human after yeah. that, I would there, say. There's, a like, a real – like, he said, like, he was in midsummer form. Like, I don't know – how many interactions anybody in here has had with like division one coaches of any sport, but like when they're like locked into a season, like right now, like one of the biggest reasons we didn't like just tell coach few, like, Hey, come be a part of the live show is Cause like these guys are just wired differently. So like mid season form right now, like can't guarantee it would have been cool. That's why when he came on the show, it was like, ah, we don't know what to expect, but he was great. And like this, he, he really did just give off. Like he was driving the boat on the lake. Where is it? In Idaho? Where's the lake house? Uh, Hayden Lake. Yeah, it's his lake house. Nice. Um, well, speaking of Mark Few, the team touched on a little bit of stuff with that. Like, March Madness right around the corner. You're entering do-or-die territory for your Gonzaga career. It's, you know, you guys could could be a two-seed. I don't think you'll get the one seed. You you might not – probably not going to get a two-seed. It's going to be a three. Three-seed seems like the sweet spot. But do-or-die territory, you could very well next week play your last ever game. I mean – then again, going back to that Gonzaga dominance, they've made, what, seven Sweet 16s in a row? Is it seven? seven is it 10? Is it 50? Is it 1,000? They just do it every <laughs> year. I don't really know. Um, but, yeah, so all likelihood you make it out of the first round. But knock on, knock on wood. If this is wood, I'm not sure if this is wood. Um, yeah, how are you feeling just about suiting up and, and now playing games where it's like, wow, if we lose, I'm going to go back in the locker room and probably shed a couple of tears because the era came to an end. To be honest, I don't really care. Like, <laughs> just from the fact that, like, no, no, just from the fact that, like, I don't want to think about that because that brings up so many emotions for me and so much just, like, raw, like, passion and everything that it's, like, I don't want to be all sentimental and think about that because that's, that's good. that goes against how I'm, how I'm wired as a player where I like to have fun, joke around, and just treat it like a normal game. I feel like – for me to be the best version of myself, I just have to go out there like I would for any other game and just treat it like it's just another game. Hmm. And I think if I – even thinking about it now, uh, it's like, ne- Next topic. Next topic. Like, we don't even yeah, have to do, do We don't that. even have to do it. I don't want to put you there. <laughs> um, but I'm sure we're all – Drew's the only person in here that's not allowed to bet, so we'll exclude him from this part of the conversation. I'm sure as betting people, Zags, I think, are 15-1 to 1 to make the Final Four. What do we like their eye? We like their chances? What are we, how, what are we feeling? Yeah? Yeah. 
Huh? Oh, you're 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 predicating it on the region. Okay. Okay. Respect. Um, well, all I want to say is, <laughs> don't make the mistake of picking against them, because if they got Drew Timmy, I'm picking the Zags. Um, all right, let's go to a quick break here at Northern Quest, then we'll jump into our Q and A with our live crowd. That's gonna sound nice on the podcast. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. All right, we're back here in Studio E at Northern Quest. We're going to wrap today's show up. Today's been great, first of all. You guys have been, it's been cool talking to you guys. But we're going to wrap today's show up with some Q&A from our lovely audience. So give it up. <laughs> Before we do that, Drew, what is, we're, we're what, 40 minutes in? How, how have we, what are we, let's live rate our, our how we thought this is going. You want me to go first? Yeah. 8.4 out of 10. No, I'd say it's pretty good. I'd say, I'd say I, well, let's get three people. Blurt out a number. What would you, what would score? We, the thing about us is we like honest feedback. We always say on the podcast, we've always, like, we made Corey Kispert get real vulnerable. I was like, yeah, Corey, you're 23 years old. You're in the NBA. What's your insecurity? Like, I just <laughs> yeah. made him tell me. I was like, Dude, I don't, you just give me an answer. So we, our running joke has become, like, we get vulnerable, and we're very, try to be as authentic as we can be on the podcast. So any honest feedback, we'll take it. Nine. Wow. Respect. Any tens? Uh, no tens. That's nah, pushing it. That's pushing it. <laughs> All right. Where's Lamar at? Lamar, you got that mic? Good. Anybody that wants to ask a question, hand up. Lamar will come and throw you a microphone. Hey, Drew. Just wondering, I see you talking a lot on the free throw line to the guy next to you. And I know, is it always positive or is it, is it ripping him a little bit? Is it asking him where he grew up? What's, what's the deal? You have a lot of conversations still. I do. I do have a lot of conversations. Um, I'm very nice until it's time not to be. You know, uh, I'm always friendly, like, what's up? How are you? Like, or I'll be like, you asshole. Like, why did you hit that shot on me? You're making me look bad. Just kind of joking around, you know. But uh, if that if they don't want to be friendly or they want to, you know, be like, say something foul, like, I'll hop right into trash talking. I, I love trash talking. I think it's fun. I think it's What's make the game so fun is just that competitive fire, but 
Sometimes that throws people off their games, people talking nice and just about random things. It makes them lose that laser focus, and that's part of the mental game that I try to win is by doing the unexpected. So It can go one of two ways. Typically, it's the first way, though. <laughs> Anybody else? Whoa, wait, we just need the mic so that the audio picks it up. Sorry. <laughs> I love the readiness, though. It's great. I was there in the Vegas game, and you got elbowed or something, and you just kind of, like, stood there like, aren't you going to call? Or can you talk a little bit about that? Are you talking about the San Fran game? Yeah, you were angry. Game. When you got hit in the head or something. You got elbowed, yeah. Remember you got elbowed, you fell on the ground. They didn't call a foul. It was San Francisco, like, right? What the hell, man? Like, Well, I got a lot of mad. nice texts from people saying the camera panned on you and it wasn't your best moment. <laughs> bro, <laughs> was, you were uh, angry, bro. <laughs> I was stringing together some prominent four-letter words, I would say. But, uh, yeah, I spun baseline and I just – any of y'all WWE fans in here know about it? Well, one of my favorite wrestlers is JBL and he had the clothesline from hell. And that's what it felt like happened to my neck. My body turned and my head didn't go with me. And I was just, are you kidding me? Like, bleep, bleep, bleep. And I was like, I'm like no way, that's not a foul. But <laughs> yeah, the, re yeah. the replay was crazy. You got blasted. I mean, I got like full blindsided. So, I mean, that, that didn't feel too good. I would say I don't. I've never really been hurt in my career. I've always I played every Christ. game, Not but everybody's got a knock. Everybody's got a knock. <laughs> but no, nah, I was Good just Lord. low key more mad that I was like, "We're really gonna let me get decked like that?" But then they called a foul. The next play, pretty much was a makeup call because I didn't get fouled. So yeah, uh, the next play was bullshit. You didn't yeah, I was like, "We're calling that, but not the one before." But yeah, I was know. worried you might have been concussed. It was like. You know, you got up slow. You took it. You took it. You he rung your bell. Like it felt like I like. Slept on something weird, you know, and you get that, like that neck kink. Yeah, I was yeah. just like, Jesus, I cannot get that thing out. But <laughs> you need a chiropractor. You just punch it a couple times, make it go numb, and then that's that's kind of my oh. self self healing thing that I yeah, do. Yeah, crazy remedy from that CBS article I was mentioning earlier. They said that you sprain your ankle and you just you stomp. I do. What yeah. is that? That doesn't that's, that doesn't work. So like, if my ankle hurts, I'll stomp it so it goes numb. So like, my whole leg is numb. So I don't really feel it. Like. Today in practice, I jammed my finger, so I just slapped it against the hoop really hard. So like my whole hand started was a little numb. Like okay, but 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 the aftermath of that is not. But then I'm not thinking about my jammed finger. Yeah, but later on at night, your ankle's throbbing and swollen, or your pinky is you know doesn't bend anymore. I'm just an I said unconventional. I held up my index finger. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, what, that doesn't make any sense. I'm just an unconventional doctor. I'm more of the lines <laughs> of just rub some dirt on it and you'll be fine. That's kind of how I was raised, and that's kind of just stuck with me, just kind of that blue collar, just mm. you're cool. Like, <laughs> run it off, stomp it out. That's kind of just my thing. Drew reminds me of, like, the, the players in the 1960s that they said used to just, like, drink beers and smoke cigarettes, like, before games or at halftime. It just like, feels like you would have blended in perfectly to that. I like, would love a beer at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any other questions? Couple over here. What's your favorite memory in the last four years? Wow, that's a great question. Good question, Good question from the young fellow. Damn, that's a crazy one. Um, honestly, I just think it's the team dinners that we have every road trip with every group of guys. I mean, there's nothing more fun than just all of us going into a restaurant and just chopping it up for an hour and a half just talking about god knows what 
just everything under the sun. And it's just so fun just to be like with the guys, just kick back, relax, just having a fun time. I think that's something that – and it's a free meal. Who, who would pass up a free meal, right? <laughs> but it's just so fun to always just be around the guys. And I think my favorite moment would just be like the memories I've had with all my teammates just because like it's such a it's just such a great group of guys that we have it's just they're so fun to be around and like they'll all be at my wedding and stuff like they're just guys I want in my life for the rest of my life will I get invited to the wedding no okay <laughs> I'm just kidding I'm just kidding fine. um g- give give him one give the little fellow one one less broad memory that is broad my bad my favorite bad. memory playing wise would have to be the San Francisco game my freshman year at their place I was on I was on the tight leash my freshman year. I was behind Tilly and Phillip, obviously. Like they're two All Americans. I just there wasn't a lot of minutes for me and you know, and Ton. You know, we're we're over here like fighting for minutes for whenever we can get in. And Tilly was hurt, so he couldn't play in that game. So that I started that game and it was like, All right, Drew, here you go. Like it's time to play and I'm like, Oh, all right, throwing me in the fire a little bit and I remember I made a mistake, and I look over at the bench, and I look at the scores table, and he didn't single for anyone to go get me. I'm like, oh, I like that. <laughs> like, it was my first, and I ended up having like 17 points, and we barely won the game. It was that was the first moment in my college career where I was like, all right, like I can play at this level, and I can be good at this level. And I think that was the start for me. That was the real start of just this kind of timmy persona that came like i finally was like i can be myself and have fun and i don't have to worry about anything like i can just play and that moment was when i felt like i was truly like i truly belonged in this to wear a gonzaga uniform and be a player here and i felt like that was kind of my coming out party and just the rest is history from there and even just the saint mary's game my freshman year going off like i think that was just the catalyst for what's what's led up to now so that's definitely my favorite memory. Mm. There we go. I knew I could squeeze out a better answer. <laughs> Shout out me. Um, anybody else? Hey, Drew, I know that uh, you've played in a lot of amazing uh, venues, uh, even on an aircraft carrier. Really cool. Uh, other than the kennel, of course, uh, what has been your favorite venue to play basketball in? Mm. I hate to say this because – I don't like BYU at all, but their arena is the best arena that you can play in. I mean, they pack that thing. <laughs> it is so big and just all the theatrics they have, how they do their player intros with the whole, like they bring like this huge white screen down from the Jumbotron. It's like on a huge green screen. Like it's crazy, that environment. Those dudes are amped up. I don't. On like caffeine or whatever, I don't think alcohol yeah, is can't. big out there. Like <laughs> Coke Zero, I don't know, but they're amped up on something. <laughs> but just the energy they bring and just the fire and the passion, like it's so hostile in there. It's the most friendly, hostile place I've ever played in in my life. You got dudes screaming like "Frick you!" or like. I don't know. I just like, dude, you can cuss at me. Like, I'd rather you be that instead of like the passive aggressiveness. But it's awesome in there. The energy, like, that's why I always say, like, I hope that game continues for just the future because I think that's just such a great environment. I think the rivalry we've had has just been so great. And uh, unfortunately, a cool moment in my career was my freshman year when they beat us at their place and they stormed the court. 
You said it was a cool moment. It was cool. As much as I hated it and, like, was really pissed, <laughs> it was just cool to kind of, like, you know, just experience that, even though it was a bad thing. It was a, it was a, good, it was a bad but good experience and one that, like, it was pretty cool looking back on it, just how, like, the energy in there was crazy. Any other questions for Drew? So who do you think will be your biggest competition in the dance? Whoever we match up with first. I mean, let me tell you, that, that tournament is so hard. I mean, every – I mean, I remember UNBC beat Virginia, and it's like that shouldn't happen. But, I mean, they won their conference tournament. Like, they're, <laughs> they're a good team, and it's like – it's crazy. Like, I remember Georgia Southern we played last year. And that was a game for the first probably, like, 24, 28 minutes. Like, all these teams that we play either have won their conference or they, they're in there for a reason. And there's no gimme games. And all it takes is one game. I remember, I remember the Arkansas game last year. They beat us and everything. But, like, if we had a seven-game series, I bet we win that seven-game series. I felt like we we're, were the better team on the whole. They, just, they were just on that night and we weren't. And you got to give credit to them, but that's the hard part about it is while you may feel like you're a better team than one team, all it takes is one person to go crazy and the other, and like the other team not to go crazy to lose. And I think that's that's but that's what makes it so special and so fun and rivets all the attention because you really never know what'll happen. So I'm excited for who we get first. It's gonna be it's gonna be a hell of a matchup. Mm. Zag's got dudes. Anybody else? I got just a couple uh, thoughts. Uh, this Korean kid that's coming over for next year, have you met him, and what can you tell us about him? Yeah, June, he's a, he's a great guy. He's a little reserved at first, but he's, he started to open up, and he's, he's a really good dude, and he's, he is one hell of a player. I mean, they just gave – so he's obviously redshirting this year. Of, I don't know what it's called, but he's just – he can't play this year. But, I mean, man – going against him and like Braden Huff and practice every day it's like Jesus dude like I wish you would do this to someone else other than us every day they're they're really good players they got the, the program's in great hands with them like good. it's it's we're gonna have a nice squad again next year good. and just a thought I'm uh, 75 years old and I've seen a lot of basketball and everything I remember watching Frank Burgess play uh, on television on my 17-inch black-and-white TV. <laughs> and uh, it took all those years till now till you got the scoring record. And I remember Burgess used to play against Seattle U, which was one of my favorite teams back then. And they had a guy named Elgin Baylor. Wow. And it was that <laughs> long ago. So. Wow. Wow, that's awesome. No, I, I heard Frank was just the greatest dude ever. Just way better person than he was a hooper, and he was a hell of a hooper. And I, I wish I was would have been fortunate to meet him just because of all the great things I've heard about him and what he and what he did, had done with his life. And uh, it's just such an honor to you know be in the same airspace as a guy like that. So just super cool. I wish I could have met him. That's cool that you you witnessed both scoring titles or scoring records be broken. I like that. Any other questions? Drew, I know Coach Few plays pickleball, so besides basketball, do you play pickleball or any other sport when you're not playing basketball? Yeah, yeah. Nah, he, every summer when we go to his lake house for our team retreat, we have to play pickleball. We have to because it is the one thing that he can beat us in. 
and I'm he likes he loves pickleball more than he loves basketball. I'm convinced. He, they he plays every day. He plays the tennis coaches every day. He he loves to play us because he can just kick our ass in it, and we're just so mad. It's like how can how can coach beat us? Like <laughs> we're D1 athletes right now. It's crazy, but I, I love pickleball. I hated it at first because he was just wiping the floor with me, but I've gotten a little better now. Ton and I have become kind of a nasty duo. So we've been, we've been practicing a little bit, and we're looking for our rematch because we've been working on it, but it's a really fun game. And then I remember, uh, like, last summer, we got, we got a couple of the guys in the summer. We played football out on the uh, turf field, and that was super fun. I, I love – one of my favorite pastimes besides video games is playing other sports, so soccer and football. I mean, we had an intramural softball team this year. That was a lot of fun. So, like, anything active is what I like to do pretty much. I was going to say your second favorite sport is probably video games, right? At the, if that's considered a sport. I know they do that competitively. Well, as much as I sweat and just, like, curse and carry on about my TV, you'd think I'd be playing a basketball game. Yeah. Another fun fact you'll learn about Drew when all of you start listening to the podcast, he's an ultra gamer. It's, as someone like myself who's not a gamer, I'm on him for it, but I, I, could, I could see the hype behind it. So you're fine. Also, Mark Few, not surprised he can beat you in pickleball. That man is, like, low-key ripped up. I'm, Oh, look, he lifts every he day lifts, with us. Uh, he just looks yoked under the under the shirts, the tight little quarter zips. Yeah. 55-year-old in the gym just pump. What's he benching? 225? Easily. He's always in the weight room lifting with us, doing whatever we do. <laughs> he's doing toe-to-bars where you're on the bar and he's just flinging up. Like, that's the most in-shape dude I've – he's he's a machine. I don't – if I were him, I'd probably be just drinking a beer, chilling on my porch with all the success he's had. And he just – he's always doing something, man. He's just – He's, he's one of a kind man for sure. Yeah. All right. We can wrap it unless anybody else has anything else they want to ask. If not, oh. me, yeah. Do you, how you said the name of the college. Oh, my college, du- Duquesne. Duquesne. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of people think, Drew, what, what did you think it was? So uh, I was <laughs> in the car with my dad, and I got a text from Duquesne. And I look over and I'm like, Dad, who was DeQuesney? <laughs> I, thought it, Q, I thought it was DeQuesney. <laughs> I was so confused. <laughs> and I, yeah. My, my dumb self then I put two and two together. But, yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. I didn't know. It's spelled really weird for how it's pronounced. Yeah, it's a terrible smelling. I'm, I'm not committed. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, that's a wrap from Epic Sports Bar at Northern Quest Casino. We appreciate every single one of you for coming out. This was yeah, awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thank you all. Appreciate it. This has been a presentation of the College Athletes Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.